0: download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now
1: welcome to the money Vikings podcast where we conquer financial freedom
2: Join Greg, Jerry, and Bob as they discuss everything investing
1: and personal finance. The Money Vikings podcast is hosted by three dads who are doing what they can each day to burn down debt and build wealth. Learn the path to true wealth. Their podcast and website, moneyvikings.com, is a treasure trove of ideas. So without further ado, here they are, the Money Vikings.
2: MBIS. What happened? And Buffett Munger together again. Old drinking a Coke and hating Bitcoin. Welcome to the Money Vikings podcast, number thirty-five. Bob, Jerry, you there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah,
1: we are. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't good. quite get. You, I
0: didn't quite get you guys. But no, dude. You did, yeah, yeah, I actually had to mute I, my mic because I was laughing. <laughs> Me too, man. Me too. Oh, I was oh, on God. the floor. R O T
2: F L. I you you know I love you know I love me some Buffett Munger um, yeah. together again drinking a couple of cokes oh, man dude. they know, probably, they, just... probably
1: put, they probably put two straws in one bottle like <laughs> Lady in the Tramp style they so do
2: they Bob they are billionaires they actually get their own Coke
1: what just so
2: you know yeah they're, yeah. they're billionaires. <laughs> And Munger, Munger's ninety-seven man. That guy can drink whatever he wants. He's, he's rum and coke. He's just rum and coke all day long. Hey,
1: they they actually pre-make his with rum in it from the actual menu, for, like the distributing plant. That's it that's rolls out to him.
2: Oh God! Welcome everybody. Uh, happy to have you. Um, hey got, guys, got to do this because we're gonna we're not gonna have a show next weekend because it is Mother's Day. So I do want to yes. do a quick early shout out to the moms. Hey everybody. Mm-hmm take care of the moms in your life. They work so hard and you know, they should Absolutely. be celebrated. So, right. So hallelujah to that one next yep. weekend. You have, this is your one week warning. You have no excuse. You can get, you can go to CVS, you can get that Hallmark card, you can get those flowers, you can get the chocolates, you can get the, whatever she wants, the the massage set up. Everybody's been vaccinated. So go get it. All right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw this out there guys. Um, uh, word of advice is don't gift her like a vacuum cleaner or a broom no, like that's not no. gonna go over well just there are You're, people out there.
0: are you speaking they're... from experience no oh my god
1: <laughs> i know better dude. I live at a
2: young age i know better <laughs> they're working hard enough guys they're Ugh, working hard enough seriously. do the vacuuming no, take care of the mom no, so anyway moms. little shout out yeah all right guys we we got we got to cover this because it's so it's Fresh off the press here. But yeah, yesterday was the big Berkshire Hathaway um, shindig a lot different than last year because there were some uh, people there. It was it was more in person. It wasn't as um, you know, it's usually a huge party, right? It's packed. Um, that you know, uh, Buffett and Munger are like are like cruising around the hall with their like junk food. They're like, "Hey, I have <laughs> a candy," and followed, you know, follow up with some Dairy Queen and then, and then shovel down a Coke, you know. Oh, <laughs> so they, they they weren't doing that. It was it was actually in L.A. where Munger lives. Um, so they so they they did it in L.A. But anyway, some, some just great stuff came out of it, and we had to share it with, with everybody out there because it's just so good for anybody who's an investor. And you, and, you know, I think you guys, all of us, are we're big Berkshire guys. I mean, um, I'm into it. But anyway, here's some of the highlights. So Berkshire is continuing their aggressive share buybacks. Um, I think, guys, that usually is a sign that they don't see other great value plays out
1: there, Correct.
0: Yeah, You guys tell me because
1: I'm trying to – and that's sort of – this is something that I need to take more time to educate myself on and wrap my head around because trying to understand when – and I'm thinking to myself talking through this is that when a company is buying shares back, they're reducing the supply, increasing demand, which to me would – I would think that the price would go up, but I don't know. You guys tell me. Go ahead, Jerry. Do you you have a sense of it or –
0: no, no, I'm I'm looking for you to educate me on this. Oh, go one, ahead. Buddy. Okay,
2: I, I will. You see, I what I what I understand guys is that what the, what basically it signals is I think you're right, Bob. There's an there's an element of where that will typically push the price out, the share price up. Right. But I think also they're reinvesting in their own holding company because they don't see any other place for their capital, right? They're oh, okay. just collecting capital like crazy, right, right, right. right? It's just like a it's a it's a uh it's a money machine. And so they accumulate all this money and typically what he's going to do is he's, he's going to go out and deploy capital, right? By saying, oh, uh, let's look over here. I see Merck, you know, Merck is my next value play, or Coca-Cola shares are, are, are down and I, I know Coke's going to do well. Um, And so they'll buy more shares of that kind of stuff. But I think when they're buying their own shares, I think it's a signal that they think that's the best value at the moment. So, hmm. I you know I don't know maybe we need to do further research into that. But he they did say you know Berkshire is recovering from the uh, pandemic. There was a twenty percent jump uh, in profits in quarter one. You know probably a sign that the economy right is coming back to life. Um, but I did have to share with you guys there were just some great quotes that I got to get your reaction here. <laughs> I um, imagine. The, they're just good. Um, so, well, first of all, the, uh, a note to a lot of our listeners as well. They they are seeing they are seeing signs of substantial inflation. So okay. I don't know how that's going to play into your investing, Bob. But um, yeah. that is something that they are seeing. So um, a lot of cash out there, right? right. So buy Bitcoin. <laughs> well, is that, what the, is that what they're telling us to do? Yeah, that's interesting, Jerry. Because yeah, this was this was the quote. Yeah, um, uh, Bitcoin is disgusting, <laughs> and it's contrary to the interests of civilization. Let me read that again because that's a quote. Hmm. Bitcoin is disgusting, <laughs> and it's contrary to the interests of civilization.
0: So you're telling me
1: there's a chance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> is, I'm telling is you, like, uh, is that like uh, when people say, "Oh, that is sick." <laughs> yeah, right. Is it that
1: sick? <laughs> is that what, is that what we're getting out of this? Like.
2: <laughs> I, I'm just totally not thinking,
1: awesome.
2: I'm not yeah. thinking that they're big fans, guys. Um, I
1: don't know. I'm not going to revisit that one because it didn't sound too clear. Yeah, not But you know,
2: it, you know, you guys know, we, we have been very, we've been very, I feel like we have been very level-headed about this crypto thing, even though we, we have invested in it and we right. do some, you know, I still think that Jerry, from the early days years ago, when we would go to Longhorns or whatever and talk about this stuff, we always had this sort of balanced thing where i think we used to ask ourselves what value does it add you know mm-hmm. I, I think i think that has been explained better over the years mm-hmm. um you know in terms of the whole like digital gold scarcity uh store of value and then you have ethereum where you have you know the de- the the decentralized finance right smart which
0: yes yeah, smart
2: contracts be. no middleman but they're not buying it guys they're not buying it
1: I, you know, here's the thing is, I think, um, we, we do have to get to a point where I, you know, I respect Papa Buffett and Munger pants you know, (laughs) but the, at the end of the day, we do have to remember they are of a different generation and different style. Um, and I know as much as they try to, to keep up on the times and have these, massive teams of people that try to keep them up to date on, on what's happening current events and how the current mindset is of of the next generation. I still think that what um, prohibits them is they have an original mindset that they have been very successful with over the years and decades that Mm -hmm. as we move into this next generation of um, exchange and currency and market behavior and market mentality, that it may leave their mindset somewhat behind. Now, I, I don't want to say they're completely wrong at anything they do because obviously they have a balance sheet to show, but I think that um, they also um, are not adopting well, it so well. I,
0: I think
2: you're onto something, Bob. I mean, they, they, they both, they've agreed that they were late to the game in terms of tech. You've right. probably heard that, Jerry, where they said, uh-huh. You know, we we were late to Amazon, we were late to Apple, and I think I think he's on record as saying that he missed huge opportunities in Google. So, you know, there's just a couple examples of what you're saying, Bob. And, I mean, and
0: also uh, gold too. I don't think he was much of a gold bug, and then a few years later, he he bought uh, Barrick, right? Yeah, that's so right. I, I that's could right. just see next week headline, you know, Buffett buys uh, Coinbase <laughs> ads. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You right, know, ten right. million dollars. Seriously. <laughs> so it was interesting in this talk.
2: There's another thing that I think you guys will find really interesting, and it kind of it connects to what we're talking about. He he, basic he, Buffett said, "I do not think the average person can pick stocks." And he said, "I, I believe the average person will be much better off investing in the in an S and P 500 index." Period. He said that's all. He said. He even says he would pick an S and P if he was not Warren Buffett he kind of was claiming that he would invest in an S and P 500 if, uh, over Berkshire. And so, uh, and here's another thing that I think is interesting. He actually said, in a way, he said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And what he said is this, he said, I'm writing a will and not a trust because he said, trust, stay private. And he said, he wants his will to be public. And he said in his will, when he passes his money on, well, first of all, I think like 98% of his money or 99% is going to charity. It's going to the yeah, Gates foundation. Yeah. Right. But the other, the other 1 trillion, no, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but the, the other couple of billion actually is going to go to, to his wife and his kids. Um, but he says in the will apparently to his wife, who he believes will live longer than him. Cause I think she's younger. He says, um, all I want you to do is put this in an S and P 500 that's all um, just Vanguard vanguard 500 done
0: so i don't know food for thought right it's yeah. i mean it's definitely one way to go i mean i think we've all been raised on kind of this whole 60 40 thing and and yeah. so some of it goes into the s&p 500 some of it goes into not s&p 500 and i think bonds is a proxy for that bonds can be whatever else you want it to be these days it could be cash could be a savings account i don't know but uh yeah, I I don't know that I'd put all of my uh, all of my uh, assets into one S and P 500 fund, but it's kind of an example. I think he's just trying to make a point that you know general I, investment community can do pretty damn well just by right. choosing yeah, that I mean, as their investment vehicle.
1: If you if you look at the just the, I think it's the steady annual you know growth, and when you apply that to a couple billion dollars. Like, I mean, that's, that's a lot of money each year. Just, you know, that percentage where, you know, a a person sitting with, let's say just even a million dollars or with a hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars it may not be so much that they're seeing dollar wise, but when you put that onto like a billion dollars, $2 billion, you know, 2% of that is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, just another day in Bob's life. Just saying. <laughs> Just it <laughs> out of my pocket. I, I didn't know if I wanted to pick it up on the way, but I mean, you know.
2: You know, and and I, I'm I see. You know, I think we all kind of our balance are are we're we're what's the word? Like we're amalgamations of these ideas, right? Because and here's the other thing. I'll I'll, I'll dovetail into this. I mean, they said he said Robin Hood has been a driver of the casino aspect. Yeah. Even though the three of us use Robin Hood, I think we would all agree with yeah. that. I agree with it. Yeah. Robin Hood has become addictive for me. And I am, I am old enough, I guess, and, and I think I have enough self-control that I'm not going to take you know, 90% of my assets and throw them in Robin Hood and start looking every 10 minutes at, well, what's this up and what's that down? Because number one, yeah. I don't want to spend my time like that. It'll drive me crazy. And number two, I actually don't think it will produce superior returns. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I get it. I mean,
0: Robinhood. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know that it's Robinhood per se. You know, it it's any investment like you could take Robinhood and you could invest it all in an S&P 500 index fund. So is that is that something that's, you know, if you get addicted to uh, to buying and selling stocks, is that Robinhood, Robinhood's fault?
2: You know, Jerry, that's a greatly good point. The only reason this is anecdotal, but the only reason I say it is this. So, I mean, I have the Vanguard app on my phone as well, right? Uh But I, I think I hardly, I probably look at that like three times a year. Whereas mm-hmm. I swear to God, I'm I'm like the way Robin Hood, the, the way the UX is designed and they'll sort of like, you know, you do something and it pops into like glitter and it becomes like <laughs> Oh, I think they, like, they like, removed the, It's the
1: gamification.
0: Yeah, they, they gamification. They, they rem- like I, I They swear. removed confetti. So it's not, Ooh. they can't, it's not gamification anymore. There's, less, there's less fun in it now. Are you being, are you actually, are you being serious? If you can find confetti in Robin Hood, let me know. But are are you telling me
2: that they they removed it out of criticism? I think or... so.
0: Okay, oh, really? that's
2: very interesting. I, okay. I mean, here's
1: here's okay. the thing: is I will say I um and I I, I mean Jerry makes a good point. I agree with it. Is that uh, it, It's not. I don't think it's necessarily Robin Hood's fault. I, I but I do uh, understand the psychology behind things like the, the gamification of things to get um a, a psychological engagement. In a mindset where there's they are winning, there's excitement, there's noises, there's visuals. And I get that. And Robinhood is a very clean, pretty platform, very user-friendly, because you know, I use Fidelity, I use TD, um, and in, in these different platforms. And I will say it is a pain in the ass on the other platforms to do this stuff, even Weeble to an extent. Weeble on their on the phone, the the phone platform is actually okay when you use it on a computer though it's different a lot of pop-ups come up to safeguard which i know they're safeguards but um robinhood really on the phone itself that is to me i think is their bread and butter and mm-hmm. they've made it super simple and easy um but i think a lot of the blame really actually falls into the social media the social environment aspect outside of robinhood that has thrown kind of kerosene on the fire Mm -hmm. where people can go to the Reddit pages, they can go to Twitter. Now they can go to stock twits. They can go now a lot of discord groups are popping up like these different quote unquote, social platforms. There are the new social, um, uh, platform is trading, uh, communities. Yeah, I think think you're onto
2: something, Bob, right? Yeah, I think you really keyed on. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I think that's 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 it. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, because I think it seems to me that in our country and maybe just the world like, you know, know we don't do a political show, but I think the same thing has happened to our politics, right? It's Mm -hmm. become we're we're in. We're all living in these social media worlds. It doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, aardvark, you know, independent, whatever you can find you can find some world to like go into yeah. and just like with your investing, the you can thing. find some world. Yeah. The, where you got, you can spend all day sort of in this like, you know, multiverse of right. your own, you know, and it, and it, and then again, there's no, there's no, what's the word? Like there's no, I don't know what the word is. It's, it's, and it's it, this isn't against this guy, but like again, you got the you got the I'm not a cat guy, right. which great he's he's done great with GameStop, he's Wall Street bets, he's famous now. But again, who who was this guy? And I mean, I am not yeah. I'm not saying he can't do what he's doing, but it's just like it's like what other random is going to pop out of a basement and just you know how about you know this stock and let's all pump right. this up and Dogecoin and hey listen I, I'm the first one to tell you it's fun okay. But I don't know if it's investing.
1: Yeah, I really. Don't. And, and, and I and I agree with you on that because mm-hmm. the whole the whole concept with the GameStop stuff is um, it really did bring to light the um, how much the hedge funds, hedge funds and the market makers and whatnot <clears throat> can play the illegal game and and just. All, all that we saw in on the media with this whole Wall Street bets thing, really, I feel was like a dog and pony show. Like I don't think um, there's really anything going to come out of it. Maybe some new, we have seen some new SEC uh, guidelines, but I don't think Marvin Cap is going to be in trouble. I don't think Citadel is going to be in trouble. Like mm-hmm. it was just really this song and dance for the for the the masses to to maybe pull in some ratings and satisfy somebody's needs but they're not going to get in trouble because well, that's
2: what gets the media attention because that's what makes money for media companies yeah, right
1: and, it's, and because the conversation isn't around robin hood and citadel and melvin capital and how they're going to be in trouble anymore like mm-hmm. it's just gone we don't even talk about right. that anymore yeah, no. it's weak yeah
2: know? no you're right hey here's okay here's a here's a positive thing not a dystopian future but well there was well here's the deal there were a couple of weird things though he, sorry, I'm going to go back to dystopian future. He, <laughs> the, they they said the millennial generation is going to have a hell of a time getting rich compared to our generation. So that's something that, I mean, that's something that we have talked about quite a bit on our blog. Yeah. And that's yeah. why we actually do what we're doing, because we're like, hey, people, we have got to educate ourselves in this country on yeah. investing in money, right? And our relationship with money, our relationship with investing, our skill sets, because there's no one else that's going to do it for us. So that right. has always been a key tenet. but here's some, but I mean, here's something to keep in mind. They said, you know, they said, again, they always do this. They're like, don't bet against America. They're like, yeah. America has five of the top six companies in the world. So, yeah. you know, all this talk about America's going down and blah, blah, blah. You, again, you always hear it in the media. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not going to bet against America. Right. Right. <laughs> I can just tell you that. America. I'm not going to do it. No, absolutely.
1: <laughs> And, 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 to the point of the millennial thing is that, um, it's true because you think about it, it's a generation of people that are very, um, they are driven by, uh, maybe this is a blunt way to put it. Um, they are driven by jealousy and envy and that's, you know, you talk about social media and the sentiment is that, you know, you can go on, uh, let's say Facebook and find, um, uh, 50 different people in your friends list that all they have the most perfect life like traveling in the ocean and on boats and sitting drinking you know wine looking at the sunset and at the beach and like everything's perfect i'm over it man right not a kid climbing on them tearing their shirt off throwing up (laughs) all over them
2: well it goes back to what you bob it goes back to what you're saying before man this country actually does need a reckoning with social media i like really there needs to be a shut this stuff down or get it under control because it's 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 let's just be honest it's gotten weird
1: yeah yeah (laughs) this
2: has gotten weird truly i I, I don't know yeah yeah
1: yeah i I think it's it's you're gonna i I agree with that because you have a generation of people that are going to be reactive um and we see that in the market with the the them the weekends right that they are reactive to the slightest little move but that reactiveness it, it amplifies that move, and um, exactly, Bob. I yeah. mean,
2: I know you didn't see it, but yet, but Jerry before, like a couple hours before the show, um, sent me or sent both of us a clip from uh, Bill Maher, mm-hmm. just basically totally bashing Bitcoin. Yeah, and you know, even if you're a Bitcoin fan, it's worth watching just to get a different perspective. You know, but one thing he talks about, he says one of the problems is kind of what you're saying, Bob. He's like, he's like this the Bitcoin and everything it's all driven by a group of people that believe that all of life is going to be lived through a digital world someday mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. oh i mean again maybe i'm maybe old ass gen xer here i mean I, i'm just not sure if that <laughs> it, no and 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 you know jerry and i like all of us like we we like technology we adopt yeah. technology we use technology we like it but yeah. I'll, I'll i'll be on but i'll tell you this i don't want to live my whole life in that i i like to go out hiking i like to go be with my family outside you know what i mean like i yeah. don't want to just like all day long be connected to some hollow lens or you know whatever right uh a little goes a long way is all i'm saying <laughs> margin.
1: margin absolutely
2: oh man it's crazy um okay that's a good segue i got one other thing to mention in the news you guys ready for this give it bring it you ready jerry okay this, this was kind of cool. I read a great news article this week about, uh, this guy who he's a, he's a real estate agent and he tried to sell an NFT version of a duplex in, in addition to the real house oh on open God. C. Oh I know. God. Yeah. So it was actually fascinating. He, he, he was, he's, he's, he's a broker and he, you know, he, uh, it, this somewhere in California and um, the duplex brought in about 60000 a year in rental income. And so this was a, a, a duplex, a real asset, right? But then he commissioned an artist to create like a pop, like Andy Warhol visual of the house. And he attached it to, to as an NFT. So it would have been the first real property sold as an NFT as well. And he thought the novelty of it would bring in big money. Um, and the, the minimum bid, I think, was 48 Ether. I don't I don't have a calculator in front of me so I don't know exactly what uh that'd be 48 like 100 120,000 bucks right something now like
0: that yeah something like yeah. that Just double yeah
2: okay so that was new bid. anyway 2 weeks go by not one bid closed it down um and in the interview they asked him they're like well what do you think sort of went wrong here And he said, you know, he said, when I think about it now, he's like, the market got confused. You've got two, and it's just what we're talking about. You have two worlds colliding. You know, he says, he said, it's actually very easy to analyze and value uh, real estate because you have lots of things to compare it to and real estate makes real money, right? But he said, you then put it in this, again, virtual play world, and it's like, no one had a clue how to value a house as an NFT. How do you right. value a house as an NFT? I mean, I can certainly tell you how much a house down the street rents for and how much cash, you know, return on an investment you're going to get based on your down payment. But he said, you can't run any numbers on an NFT. So anyway, I thought it was an interesting story, especially since we're we're trying to sell two NFTs and no biters yet. And I'm like, I know. I'm like begging now. I'm like, would somebody just buy it so we can like wrap it up on our show <laughs> and never talk about it? Hooking I'm his like, NFTs. Wanna, yeah, I'm like next week I wanna say we sold it for,
0: know, <laughs> hey, for you can, make it, One you can make it free. You can make it free.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
2: No, I kinda just wanted to go through the whole transaction and see what it was like. But I think there's like another week left or so. So
0: Okay. Okay. We'll, see what well, happens. we'll but, put a plug. We'll put a plug for those in the notes. Maybe uh maybe a kind listener will will uh, grant what? us with 500 yeah. Yeah.
2: some kind yeah, but, rich listener that's made a, a million dollars oh. off ether man just buy our dogecoin and our bitcoin uh, nfts you will not be disappointed when you create a fake house in a digital world you will want to put this artwork <laughs> oh. on the wall people oh. <laughs> will come to your party your fake party and, and, and they will like, be wait, like you that have that, that so money vikings
1: sweet. nft what Ooh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see it I see it now
2: so Bob, yeah, uh, this week uh, heard about a new company called MVIS. Yeah, I just discovered them. Never heard of it. Yeah, Never heard of it. Yeah. Um, no, okay, no. For our listeners that don't know, we we follow track, invest in MVIS quite a bit. Bob, can you please tell us what the hell happened this Absolutely. week? Because it was a roller coaster. Yeah. And I don't want to offend you, but people are calling it now a meme stock. Yeah, I know. It made it to Kramer. Ugh. Bob, break it down,
1: dude. Let me, and I'm glad you say that because let me, let me let me bring this up, and this is one of the things that does bother me is that it it has it has gotten this label of a meme meme stock, and the reality is, the MVIS has since a year ago been on this track of of trying to push for the value, and they actually have a technology that is ahead of, of its time in the game, and before again this whole wall street bets thing and the meme stock thing um they were pursuing automotive lidar and it has to do with that it's the it's the the size of this market that the this lidar market which is the autonomous vehicle market um a real product by a the real point. product but it, it's yeah it's the the amount of money that's going to be in this space okay. over the next few years is insane, and we're talking about trillions of dollars
2: that will save lives. Save frankly. lives. they will save lives. It'll and make so, yeah.
1: And so, how how this went down, and I will admit, it is it is too, it is definitely to the fault of of the MVIS hardcore people, and I admit part being part of that is that when. We when when MVIS it has recognized this value and and what they have and how it compares to like a Velodyne or a Luminar, right? Um, the quality of the product, but yet a company like Luminar is getting a valuation um, x number of times higher than what Microvision has doesn't make sense. And so um, when Wall Street's bets was taken off, we were trying to like say, hey guys, Wall Street bets, you have all this money. Get get our company up where it should be, like the value of this, and I think that was a recipe for for disaster. And it,
2: are you saying there was a direct link? So some Wall Street bets folks went over to MBIS.
1: Yes, we did. So that huh. did start happening, and okay. there were some of the MBIS folks over on the Wall Street Bets um, Reddit page trying to get the the I you know MBIS name out there. And a lot of this is around. Okay. Understand that. Um, institutional investment is about 17%, the float, um, right now it's being shorted about 20, approaching 25 ish percent. So you figure leave whatever is over. And I want to say it's around 90 million shares. That's all left to retail investment, um, actual ownership. So can I ask a question? Yeah. Is any, I mean,
2: is... And this goes more back to the Wall Street Bets thing. I mean, is any of this borderline, like, illegal or unethical?
1: Well, here, here's the thing is, um, anytime anytime a person puts their own DD out there, due diligence as out there, this is what I am seeing. You know, we're not investment or financial advisors, mm-hmm. but this is, this is what I've uncovered and found. This is the value that I see in the company. Um, I see this as being a buy. Here it is. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened in the Wall Street Bets space is that there was a deep dive DD that was done and actually put out on the Wall Street Bets page, and and they're saying, just saying this is this is an opinion. This is yeah, and this is, this is just not. We're telling you, you know, we're not your financial advisor, but it, it is saying, look at this crap. This had like look at all this research and this value this company has. If there was anybody that would want to ride the rocket ship to the moon, it'd be the people that made a bunch of money on Wall Street bets. Here's your next thing to invest in. You want to make more Mm -hmm. money. But the the other part of it was this, is that Kramer brought up a point that was very truthful, is that MVIS is a battleground stock where um, there is a lot of short interest and a lot of manipulation through the short interest that... Um, has pushed this price down, in a, a sense and a fashion that is actually um, it, it, it's kind of frustrating because the the C suite, the owners, you know, the MVIS, it's the company, the board of directors, that that entity itself is is very much part of the responsibility of why they've been able to get taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, is that? When they are um, not tailoring to the investors on a earnings call that is for the shareholders and they're not actually um, giving the, the investors the information that they want to hear and actually know about and digest, it then provides a short interest with an opportunity to, to just do with anyone to and take it and manipulate mm-hmm. it. Um, what happened... I have to admit
2: that 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 term makes me nervous. Right. I mean, I, I really personally would would probably shy away from something that was called a
1: battleground stock because to <laughs> me
2: you know what i mean because right it, I,
1: and i get it i get it yeah and
2: i'm not trust me i'm t- i'm removed let me remove mvis for a second from this comment because the the problem for me is that you have a company you want your companies you're investing in to be focused on building great products right. at a great price that add value and mm-hmm. they can sell them and continue to grow and 100%. so if there if 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 it's getting distracted by shorts and battleground and this and that it's like
1: well yeah yeah, yeah. so anyway yeah absolutely right yeah absolutely yeah. and I, and and I agree with you and it's mm-hmm. um and it gets hard because um it, it, let's let's get to the what happened on the call right let's let's talk about this because I think this will will shine some light um MVIS released a PR piece um uh a few days ago that let everybody know that their a sample lidar um, had been uh, completed and this is what it looks like they they you know in pictures past they just showed it because they didn't want to really show size and scaling but in now they showed a stamp next to it they opened it up and show the guts inside of it They do these things to kind of really showcase it a little bit and they talk about some of the so the the performance specs um, so that created, of the sense of, Oh my God, here we, here we go. This is, this is value. We now have something that is working. It's a, it's a sample that a product that they can, you know, mount up to a a, a consumer vehicle and do testing and whatnot. So <clears throat> that's when we started to see the stock price go, started to take off. Now we hit a, 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 inflection point where the stock price had actually disconnected too much from the technical side of market movement and, and the, the price movement. And that became a perfect point for then shorts to come in and actually short the stock. And I will tell you that in this time leading up to the run up, we had the longest period of time of MVIS where there were no shares left for shorts to borrow there was nothing huh. and wow. it went for days and the actual fee was up over 100% at one point hmm. so um fine so that, that would
2: that, that would say people are holding on to it
1: that would say people are holding on to it but there also is. Yeah. this is where it gets kind of you're you're thinking to yourself like okay shorts are waiting for something now either this becomes a short squeeze and they can't cover or they're waiting for the the perfect moment to short it as much as they can and drive price down to cover right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we started rolling towards earnings and sure enough, you had this is always what happens right and you have um seeking alpha some other um whatever site somebody writes some hit piece about the, there's no value in the company and this and that we hear it every time. It's not, it's pretty much like a copy and paste of what you heard last time. It it is what they do. And then 15 to 20 minutes later um, the shorts come in and short it. And it's a, it's a tactic they use where Mm -hmm. they try to make it look as if um, investors are reacting off of something as if it was like factual. And then it, it scares the newer investors that don't know really too much about the company and what they're doing. And it scares them and they react. It's that reactiveness we talk about. And yeah. so they'll start selling and it creates this snowball effect. Um, but I can tell you what happened. The, the shorting got overextended. It pushed the technicals way trenched um, beyond what they should need to go. Mm-hmm. And so um, we wound up, you know, having a, a gap down, we actually gapped down. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will, it, it's coiled where um, my firm belief is that we are going to gap up now on Monday mm-hmm. because the gapping was not justified. So, well, that... the, 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 it's a good, it's a good example, Bob. And it's, thank you. It's
2: very interesting what you're saying. And I, you're right to kind of bring it back a little bit full circle. You're reminding me again of a famous Buffett quote hmm. where, and it's actually, I think it's actually a Graham quote, but anyway, he says in the, in the short run. So day to day, right. The market is a voting machine. Mm. So you have a vote and all these other people on seeking alpha and everybody else, they all have a vote. Okay. You guys are just voting, you know, you're voting in the plus column. They're voting in the minus column, but in the, in, but over time, the beauty of it is that MVIS like every other equity, it's so in the long run, the market is a weighing machine, yeah. meaning it's going to weigh the value based on profits. Yeah. So when MVIS, you know, if it is able to get ahead of um, Luminar, like you said, and the other um, big time LIDAR players, if it can pull ahead of them and make more profits and be competitive, then I mean, naturally, the, the stock will go up as a weighing machine. Right. But you're, you're kind of battling this like voting machine thing. Um, okay. I mean, yeah. but
1: but I will say is is this, is that here's, so, and and I know this can go so many different places, but what I will say is this, is that what happened on the earnings call, um, there is starting to become some tension and issues between the shareholders and microvision because, um, you know, shareholders don't necessarily care so much about the technical details and, and the performance figures, right? You're a shareholder. For the most part, a lot of the shareholders are shareholders because of the value. So they want to know the value of the product that they have in dollars. They don't want to know the value and performance per se.
2: No, they want their asset to go up. They want
1: their asset to go up. And and that's, that's become the problem is that so, yeah, the, Sumit Sharma, they have done what they said they're going to do. We we get that. They say, hey, we are going to provide an A simple product by this date. And, you know, from their belief, they say that this thing will outperform any LiDAR on the market in the world right now. And it has a component and a feature that no other LiDAR does. They it did can, say
2: that or they didn't say they that?
1: They did. And he said it can track velocity and you oh. know, uh, okay. direction and movement or dr- direction and speed of an object which no mm-hmm. other lidar can do. So
2: that's what you guys want to hear, right? Want to hear. And you have you have you have a mm-hmm. technology that's far superior right. than the competition.
1: Right. And so okay. th- that's huge. The problem is mm-hmm. that no company, no third party has actually given a valuation yet of it mm-hmm. to actually say here is the value money the dollar amount value of this product. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem right now is that one they haven't done a great job on their PR side of actually um, battling the negative because they need to realize you are in a social world now. Mm -hmm. You can't act like your shit don't stink and of my language, but in, and we have the best thing, but then not actually provide proof in a third party, independent party value or a name like Ford or whatever, giving evaluation right
2: yeah i was uh, i was thinking the same thing bob did the i think the the big challenge here for you as an investor in this and then just for the company itself is that the world right now and that technology is changing so rapidly that we're gonna know pretty quickly how that weighing machine balances out yeah because my point is this they're either going to pull ahead and be able to do this, or they're going to be left in the dust. Right? Because because everybody knows that autonomous vehicles and electric vehicles is a trillion dollar market over the next thirty years, yes. and ev- right, and everybody wants a piece of the pie, and only the best are going to win. Yep. Yeah. So, and, um, and and
1: here, and, and you yeah. brought up a really good thing because here's something to think about, and this was brought up. He said, think about years ago when we talk about vehicle safety and airbags. He said at one point there were. Lots of companies creating airbags. He said, now maybe a handful of right. companies. So, handful of companies have the global market space on airbags. And he said, it's going to be the same thing for LiDAR. When you have yeah. this product that has the ability to hook up to any module and time of flight, speak the native language of the vehicle, and actually mm-hmm. control the safety, you know, calculate the safest path, the safest path. Um to and
2: be at the right price point.
1: Right, be at the right price point. Yeah. So, because it's
2: got to be at the right price. So
1: they need yeah. to now provide the proof with a somebody giving a valuation. And that's where they're at. And, and that's that's become mm-hmm. the problem, is that for so long now the shareholders have been like, Okay, where's the valuation? We want to know the actual dollar of value mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because the 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 retail investor can only do so much to try to pump the value of the stock without having the credibility of a company giving that valuation. And I I will leave with this. Here, here's something to think about. So when we're talking about the days of like Nikolai Tesla and Thomas Edison, when you're talking, uh, alternating current- director, Those
2: were the days. Those were
1: the days <laughs> in my stagecoach. But think about this. Why is it that Thomas Edison dominated the market Nikolai Tesla, even though Nikolai Tesla had and uh, discovered and created the technology for remote controls. Because Tesla
2: drank his own urine and went crazy.
1: Right. (laughs) Oh, just kidding. The reason why, the reason why though, (laughs) no, but here it is. It's plain and simple marketing. Mm. Thomas Edison was a genius about marketing his product and sending it out to the masses and marketing and selling what he had and showing how it was better, even though it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then he created a think tank of um, th- this facility. This is
2: alternating current versus direct current. Direct current, right? AC, DC, right? Right. Okay.
1: And so one so, was
2: one was AC, one was DC. And I
1: believe it was Nikolai Tesla was the AC, and uh, Thomas Edison did the DC because the alternating current was the safer of the two. And and it Jerry, had more could we could
2: we rock out our show to some AC/DC <laughs> like Back in Black? Like that'd that'd be awesome. I'll, I'll throw some. Oh, in. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, throw in some Back in Black, man. That'd be awesome. amazing. Okay.
1: So, so here's the thing: is so Nikola Tesla and and Thomas Edison. At the end of the day, um, Nikola Tesla had had the superior um, knowledge and inventions. The problem he didn't know how to market, it, and he didn't market it, and he he wound up dying poor and in you know in a hotel room. Yeah, but and, he was a genius. But he was a genius, and he yeah. had superior technology and superior mm-hmm. knowledge, and that is something that I I really hope MVIS. If, if hopefully they listen to this podcast and hear is <laughs> mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, we'll see, I yep. don't want them to die in Nikolai it's, Tesla, you know? Yeah.
2: It's it, it. And, you know, and thanks Bob. It's I appreciate hearing your perspective on it because you know me, I I'm, tr- I'm in general trying to back out of individual stocks, but right. I find this a fascinating story for so many reasons. And it actually continues to get more and more fascinating because what you said, it's like, it's like this world of like technology is slamming into meme stocks is right. slamming into shorts is slamming
1: into. It's, so everything is, is, is a is the shade the of management. gray, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. like
2: everything. So, so, it, so, MVIS scares me a little bit, but, I, but I have made money off of it. I mean, I right. have played around at your, you know, at your suggestions. Um, but uh, you know, I, I, like I said, at the end of the day, time will tell, right. Cause we're going to see if they can blow yeah. up a, advanced product out there because at the end of the day, I don't own Apple stock because I want to like open up the Apple and watch some like, you know, three hour video of like how every circuit works and everything.
1: Honestly, I just
2: want my iPhone to work.
1: Right. And
2: I want the stock to go up. Right. (laughs) So,
1: and so, and so that's where we're at now. It's, it's the, and, and, and the problem that they're running into is they can only do this song and dance for so long because I, I really have a feeling that, if we come time for the next earnings call and they talk about strategic partnerships and the performance of their ladder, they're going to start losing us. They, I yeah. really believe they're they going to start losing investors. But they I,
2: again, you you know much more about NBS than I do. But like I, they need like a big win, and I and I'll give you an yeah. example of one. They need something like like hey, guess what? Like I'm I'm, I'm being serious. This would do it. Like hey, guess what? Um, last week we met with um, Elon Musk. And yeah. you know how he hates lidar. We convinced him that lidar is awesome, and he's going to start putting it on every Tesla for five hundred dollars. Right. right. And and all of a sudden, that stock would that stock oh. would go up and like tweeting
0: about it every ten minutes. Oh yeah, yeah I, tweeting about it.
2: Yeah, and that, and the stock would skyrocket. <laughs> because Absolutely, because that would be such a great deal. But but they they need something like that because there's there is so much competition in this space. And like you just said, they're just, it's just sort of, it's just sort of like vague stuff like strategic partnership yeah. and, you know, someday we're going to go talk to Toyota. It's like, no, dude, you need a huge contract inked.
1: Yeah. I mean, that they, honestly, it, be, it, yeah. The, because it, what it, they talk it, about is this, he said that right. um, he didn't, th- he didn't, to, to make it the most valuable for the shareholders, they didn't want to pursue something where it necessarily was like, a, let's say Tesla or a Ford or somebody bought them out. They it's it seems like it's more something where it's like a Google or something like that, where you can have many vehicle manufacturers use this product. And Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is the bigger Mm. picture of like, hey, if you win the lotto, do you want your initial payout of some odd billion dollars or do you want to have X odd hundred million dollars a year for the rest of your life or Mm -hmm. a month Uh, for the the rest of your Roku
0: model built into TVs? You you get Roku on your TV, then you get, you know, Netflix and Hulu right. And oh. Disney. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yep. So, Got it. so the thing okay. is like, so they, so there it's, it's the, it's, it's the idea that, Hey, we, do we want to venture down the path of having our product with bought by some company that then can connect where it's with every like Apple CarPlay, right? Google mm-hmm. has their thing where it's, it works with many different manufacturers and it can be in many different vehicles, instead of being that one hit pony, pay me out the lump sum, you could be something where you're creating revenue stream that's increasing revenue stream for years to come. And so that's Mm -hmm. the, you know, you gotta think about it. Is this a long-term investment or is this a swing trade? Right, right. This is the game for the long-term investment.
0: We've, We've, I think we've established that the best technology does not always win. Right in history, right you look at uh, VHS versus Betamax right VHS one <laughs> right. Betamax I think is known for being higher quality right uh, you look at uh, computer systems OS two warp made by IBM in the 90s, 80s mm-hmm. or 90s I think uh, that sort of that was a lot better than than Windows or DOS, but that didn't go anywhere so i'm I'm just wondering if to your other point about marketing and and MVIS uh, versus its competitors, maybe maybe they're not the best marketer of their uh, technology and right. maybe their technology is inferior why not bet on a few different horses and do a basket of mvis and luminar and sure. a few others that uh, you know if you really believe in the lidar technology and not so much the company per se Why not just uh, do a basket of all three and equally, equally divide your your capital and and hopefully one of them does well, or there's some consolidation in the future.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, if if you wanted to also to diversify and maybe not have necessarily, and and, and I will say this though, this is where hard is because, you know, we got an MDIS when it was dirt cheap last year, you know, 17, 20 cents a year uh, last year, like per share. And, um,
2: that's a nice ride.
1: That's a nice ride. And you, you <laughs> load, it, load it up on, it's a pretty nice ride. Yeah. But, but the thing is, it's, there's more of the long haul game where you can, you can see there's more potential and more come out of it. So it, at this point, it does get hard to justify that diversification when you have been treated so well but yeah. you know there is more to come and but it's not it's forward.
2: also bob yeah and frankly too i i think it's going to be hard we'll see but i think it's going to be hard to recreate that magic you just right. went through right. it's like you know what i mean you, you 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 went through the magic man it was a moment in time you had the honeymoon i don't know yeah. what to tell you like it, i mean you it's just because it, 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 that it's it's that moment in time you got in at such a good time You had these, you were penny, it was a penny. You were picking up pennies and now, but now you're talking about something that bounces from 15 to $25 a share. That's a different game. And it's going to take you a lot more capital. Yeah. There's capital up.
1: I will say, I mean, I Uh, still, I still maintain that this thing is going to be over a hundred dollars a share by the end of the year. I I mean, I do believe that they will, they will have that hit Greg that you talk about that is going to happen in due time. I still think it's going to be over a hundred dollars a share um, I will tell you that this this trenching that just happened in this this price action that was forced it wasn't natural it was it was definitely a game that was played is going to be met with a reckoning that price yeah. is going to shoot up. Um, I doubt I don't doubt that. The, well, and to and real quick to, to Jared's point though, the other thing you could do is you can invest in an ETF like Moon M O O N, who actually has position you know MVI as part of their portfolio. Um, you know, and they're, they're towards space tech, you know, that's the space. Yeah.
0: Technology. That's, that's kind of more my type of investment, right. but I do enjoy kind of holding Rot. a few different stocks, like, like Greg was saying. Yeah. And, uh, I'm just kind like, I like, just like he said, you know, I'm making some money on the way up and yeah. I haven't shorted it yet, but uh, <laughs> good.
1: Good. Let I'm me know. I'm where I'm at, I'm so... I'm I, I know where you live. I'm have to come.
0: what, what, what? <laughs> well, well, Honestly, I got to ask you a question. It it almost seems cult like. Like there's us and them. There's people that want Mavis to go up. And there's people that want Mavis to go down. And it seems like way more than a stock. It becomes at this point.
1: I think there is and, there's a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. Right. It's kind of what we talk about. Don't get emotional. But I think a lot of people have become emotional because. There's been right. so if if yeah.
0: if we could have predicted the short that would have happened. Yeah. Not that we're causing it. Not that we're on Wall Street bets, pumping it or doing hit pieces. I mean, Money Vikings could certainly write one about you know MVIS is about to you know do horrible and we could change the <laughs> direction of the company right, forever. Right. right. But uh, like, if there was an opportunity to short it, w- would you do that?
1: I and you know this is this becomes more of the it's like a, it's like a moral question because, you know, and I've talked to my wife about this a lot is that it's hard for me to buy a put on (laughs) on anything. And, and the reason why, and I think it's because I've always, and Greg and I, Greg knows, like we, we were raised to have this positive outlook, right? Mm -hmm, This this forward thinking, uplifting thought. Like this is how we view things. We want to be positive. We want to be optimistic. And I feel in, in my mind that when I'm buying a put, I'm doing the opposite of what I was raised to to believe. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, I when I, I, I buy an option, OPT. But you have to remember you're, right?
2: but Bob you're helping the market become efficient.
1: Yeah, it's true. You
2: gotta remember that. So yeah. again, I, that, guys, it all goes back to what I'm telling you. It goes back to that Buffett quote, the market's <laughs> a weighing machine. And if you're, if you're buying puts, you're helping that machine yeah. weigh value over time. But uh, yeah, I would, gonna, I would
1: buy I would buy you're going technical it's, indicators, not necessarily. I think, yeah. I think the thing,
2: Bob, is that you guys it, it's been so good to you because yeah. of that multiplier thing. But I think you guys do need to recalibrate now and kind of get some of the emotion out of it. And here's why you're not. You just said 100 bucks. OK, maybe, maybe not. But if it does, you're in a different multiplier world so at yeah. that point, because you've gone from like 50 times your money. But now you're just going and I'm not I'm not saying just, but you know what right. I mean? Like 20, 20 to 100 is a is a fiver. OK, right. right. Hey, everybody would call that a great day. But right. you just went through this great emotional feeling of like I did 50 times my money. Well, right. you know what? You're not going to be able to recreate that. Yeah. You know, you're going to have to find the next M.B.I.S. And sure. that that's actually kind of my and I, I mean, it's good. We we're having this conversation because that's kind of and again, I know M.B.I.S. is not a meme stock, but it's gotten lumped in there now. Right. And that's my problem with these meme stocks. It's like, you know, G- GameStop. Okay, GameStop has got to make money. And maybe there's some big restructuring plan happening where they're going to become a big deal. But why the hell are people in the future going to be going into a game shop to physically buy their games? Right. Why would they not be
1: just... You know, so, everything
2: yeah, is going right. to be cloud. We just talked about it. The whole world is apparently going to be digital. We're going to use <laughs> Bitcoin and poop coin and whatever. You know? <laughs> but my, 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 my point is it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Well, but
1: here, here I will tell you though, I got to correct <laughs> you, Greg. Think about this is that if you were buying MVIS at $20 a share and it went to a hundred, yes, that is a fiver. Mm-hmm. If you're buying MVIS at a dollar a share and it goes to a hundred, that's a hundred multiply. No,
2: oh, okay. that's my point.
1: That's yeah. my point. You went but, through this amazing right, thing. Right, right, right. No, but yeah. but can, let me continue on though. So okay. if my cost average, if my cost average is a dollar, my cost average is $2, $3, whatever, that multiplier changes. But if somebody bought in at $20 and their cost average is $20, that is a fiver. You're right. Yeah. It's a that, fiver. yeah you know what I, I'm saying? I it's cost different.
2: average. It's it's different for you because you started at a dollar. Yeah but what yeah but what i'm saying is is yeah so okay. okay um all right hey you know what guys i think that was uh i think that was a great topic for today let's let's save robo trading for next week um we will learn from jerry how to become rich by just letting our computers <laughs> trade for us, and then we'll have we'll have another week of um, Jerry getting rich oh, yeah. uh, by by sitting in his hammock and taking. Naps Sorry, Jerry,
1: MBIS takes over the conversation sometimes. No, no, that's <laughs> oh
2: okay. no, I
0: I, well, I I extended it. I, I went there. I went back you there. there. You, you went, gave me you, you gave there. me a perfect segue and i, I love like it. I well love it. it's it, it it is a
2: really good example and as and as much as it as we don't think it does i mean it totally dovetails into all these conversations we're having about bitcoin and meme stocks and buffett and munger Psychology, and their coke that they, everything. everything yeah, yeah everything. exactly yeah. <laughs> so, yeah hey next time i'm with you guys i'm gonna buy you each your own coke um so coca-cola excited. is still still so a excited. great company Uh, and then join us, uh, next time, everybody for robo trading. Again, Jerry's going to tell us, um, how I can sit on my ass all day long and just have my computer make money for me. (laughs) All right, brothers. Uh, thanks a lot. And, uh, to our audience again. We so appreciate you guys listening. Um, really, been growing the audience lately, and we appreciate everybody listening. Yeah, so, please...
0: especially for those audience members that have made it this far into the podcast.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. That's pretty amazing that we <laughs> haven't put you to sleep. At this point. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, please, please like us and share us uh, because that. Yeah, rate us on
0: iTunes. Give us a star. Yeah. Uh, you know, go on, uh, go on our YouTube channel and maybe start up a, a flame war. <laughs>
1: it's good. It's good
0: for the metrics good for the metrics yeah it. all right everybody have a great week and
2: uh go read about buffett and munger and uh make up your own mind about all these stocks and about bitcoin <laughs> take care